Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Good Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for hanging out with me this afternoon. I I did see a couple of flurries fly by my window about an hour ago. Not sure if that's the extent of our snow as a cyclist, I hope it is. But uh, yeah, it is a much fresher day and we do have a bit of precipitation on the way. I want to talk this half hour uh, about a survey and you've heard about it on the news. uh, The fact that uh, there was a survey of Alberta's trans youth. And I thought, first of all, this is an opportunity to talk about what are trans youths. I think ever since we started talking about GSAs, I know a lot of you still, when I say GSAs, you'll still text me and say, what What are you talking about? What are GSAs? So even as we talked about gay-straight alliances, LGBTQT, I, you know, people are saying you're throwing around acronyms and I don't really understand it. So there's lots of questions still surrounding it. And I thought this is an opportunity to maybe get a, a snapshot of their lives and to find out exactly what they are all about. Christopher Wells, University of Alberta Institute for Sexual Minority Studies and Services faculty director and principal author of this report joins us today. Hello, Christopher. Hi, pleasure to be with you. We have had this conversation, I think, ever since GSAs, and that's been for a couple of years now. But do you still find yourself having to define or describe what LGBTQT stands for? Sure, that's actually the short acronym. Uh, Certainly, uh, identities are evolving, our understandings are, are shifting away from uh, binaries to spectrums and um, uh, language also evolves. So we often talk about the LGBTQ community, referring to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, or questioning uh, individuals, or the, uh, another popular phrase is the sexual and gender minority community, because this is a, is a minority in our um, cities and communities that is very uh, vulnerable to experiences of prejudice and discrimination. Christopher, I love the fact that you even mentioned binaries and spectrum because I know I have listeners saying, what the heck are you talking about? But binaries, we're just doing the black and white, the male, female. What what most people for many years grew up understanding your gender identity, you were either a male or you were a female, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's that simple. And recognizing that some people don't identify as uh, male or female and, and perhaps even somewhere in between. I love when you say it's that simple. Oh, it's not simple. (laughs) And and when you say even the spectrum, so that's why it's that much broader, that it no longer is male or female. It now could be lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, uh, queer, or questioning, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, if we want to know how someone uh, identifies, it's best to create space uh, for them to be able to share that rather than us trying to put people into boxes or stick labels on people. I think, uh, you know, we've evolved beyond that uh, as a society. We've evolved beyond that as a society, but I know a large chart chunk of society still has a hard time understanding it so that's why i wanted to take this opportunity to find out more about uh, the, the survey so it was a survey of trans youth what is a trans youth sure we we hear trans or transgender 
um, uh, as a term that's thrown around. And uh, I'll give you, uh, you know, a, a simple example. Some young people would just report being born into the wrong body, that they might have been uh, born biologically male, but identify, you know, in their thoughts, feelings, uh, and attractions as female. Um, so, you know, I think with all these, these terms and these concepts we're throwing around, if you want to uh, figure out what they mean, go and ask a teenager because uh, they, they seem to be amongst the most knowledgeable because basically, the, you know, the old labels and uh, expectations don't fit for their realities. And, you know, I, I think when we get criticism of these topics, and I know, I'll check my texts in a few minutes. <laughs> I'm kind of used to these conversations. It's not as if this didn't exist many years ago. We have just provided a more welcoming society so that those people who don't fit into the the binary of male or female feel that they can share what they're going through? Absolutely. We're seeing much more visible uh, uh, role models, uh, open conversation around these issues. But, you know, uh, transgender people have existed throughout time, history, and every race, culture, religion uh, in the world. It's just sometimes uh, it's not safe to be visible. Mm -hmm. Not safe to be visible. So that uh, leads well into this survey. What were you looking for and asking of these trans youths? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is part of a larger uh, national government-funded uh, research project. And uh, two years ago, we uh, launched the Canadian Trans uh, Youth Health Survey. And um, today, we're launching uh, the Alberta-specific version of that. So we've um, been able to create a snapshot of what are the experiences of trans or transgender youth in our own province. And um, uh, we also wanted to launch that today, which is uh, International Coming Out Day across the world, encouraging people as they feel safe and visible to speak their truth and share their reality, because, um, you know, that's how society progresses forward. And we have these kinds of conversations when people are, are visible and say, hey, you know, the current labels, they don't fit for me, they don't work for me. Um, we all have a right to be fully included in our society. So the survey was really interesting. We, we had 114 uh, youth participants ranging from ages 14 to 25 living in Alberta. And, um, you know, the, some of the results are quite alarming. Uh, uh, safety, violence, and discrimination were identified as major issues that trans youth experience in our province. For example, three quarters of the youth under the age of 18, so that school age, uh, reported uh, discrimination because of their uh, gender identity. And maybe I should have asked this, why trans youth as opposed to a survey on young people who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, queer? Sure. We actually have a lot more research from, uh, you know, those mm -hmm. uh, individuals and communities because we become, uh, you know, more aware of their experiences over time. It's really now that um, there's this new visibility and, and more people publicly identifying that we're able to do this kind of research um, and actually accurately capture their experiences so that we can share that, you know, back with policymakers and educators and you know, parents and communities to say, you know, um, there's some vulnerability here. We need to be doing a better job addressing, you know, their needs because trans youth are amongst the most vulnerable in our society uh, today. I'm glad you mentioned parents because if you're talking about safety, violence, discrimination, do some of these trans youth actually feel that from within their own family? 
Yeah, that's still a sad reality, unfortunately. And our, our survey uh, found that uh, just about 32% of those uh, younger trans youth uh, reported running away from home. Um, uh, over 80% of uh, trans youth reported their families did not understand them at all or only understood them a little. So, you know, it's often been said that when uh, LGBT youth come out, their families go into the closet uh, because maybe they're ashamed or they're embarrassed or there's stigma or they're worried about stereotypes in their uh, own community or from their extended families. So we really can't forget that not only do we want to support LGBT youth, we also want to support their families because, you know, we know as a society and we know through our research that families are the most important resiliency factor in the lives of any young person. If you don't have support from your family, life is just a lot harder. Mm. What about for critics who say, you know, you define trans youth as maybe a person who was born in the wrong body? What about for those people who say, wait, they're teenagers, they're young people. Maybe they they just don't know what they're going through until they become young adults. So they they may think they're in the wrong body, but it's just a phase. Yeah, I think if you ask uh, the youth themselves, many of them will tell you it's it's not not a phase. In fact, um, uh, I'm amazed at how self-assured uh, you know ten-year-olds uh, can be about their gender identity or their sexual orientation. And these these issues of gender identity they start a lot earlier, and even around age uh, you know five or six, uh, young people are able to uh, express um, that um, you know they they feel that their biological sex does not match their gender identity. And that can lead to um, all kinds of uh, self-harming behaviors where they just don't feel that they, they fit, that there's no one like them, or they don't have any support. So it's really about allowing them to speak their authentic truth. There's no rush for any decision. Um, what we really try to do is just say, you know, you have time to figure out who you are. Well, I have time, but I have to take a break. So, uh, Christopher, i got a lot more questions for you. I'm going to put Christopher Wells on hold. He is the author of this report into the survey on Alberta trans youth, University of Alberta Institute for Sexual Minority Studies. 403-974-8255. After my conversation with Christopher, I will open up the phone lines. I will read your text because... I know there's still lots of confusion and lots of opinions on this, and we will share before 4 o'clock. We're back after this.